0: Um, what's the crack, comrades? Welcome back to our podcast, Sam and Casey's Movie Club. Today... I'm
1: Casey. Oh, okay, I'm Sam. <laughs> and today we are once again bringing you a double feature. Uh, what two movies are we talking about? Unfortunately, today <laughs> we are talking about um, Alex Strangelove
0: and GBF. Yes.
1: Yes. Um. So this will be an interesting episode. <laughs> um, Casey, you chose these movies. Okay. Why? Why are we talking about them?
0: I didn't choose them as such. I just thought this concept for an episode would be pretty funny. And then Sam agreed with me, and so then I had to watch these movies. <laughs> um, yeah, because we always talk about how movies are gay, but we never talk about movies of actual gay people in them, so I thought
1: we should do that at some point, so that's yeah, what we're doing. Before we get cancelled. But then we have to pick <laughs> these movies of all <laughs> the We refuse to
0: talk about like actual good, like poignant gay movies instead, going to talk about these two.
1: Yes, although I would like to say, before we say anything else, I will be somewhat defending both of these movies today. I will be attacking both of them. (laughs) I do not think they are as bad as some people make them out to be. (laughs) They are not good movies, but Uh they are not completely terrible, as you'll see. Um, So which one do you want to talk about first? I guess we can talk about alex
0: strangelove first
1: okay um, um so alex strangelove is a movie from 2018 it is a netflix original and mm-hmm. it is written and directed by craig johnson what is it about well in alex strangelove
0: there's this guy whose name is alex <laughs> his yes. name is alex true love which yes I don't know why the movie is named Alex Strangelove then. I think they, like, forgot his name in between <laughs> they, naming the character and naming the movie. Not, they definitely
1: did not forget his name. It's obviously, like, saying something with that. <laughs> What is it saying?
0: Nothing. Anyway, it's about this guy. His name's Alex. He's really into animals. and He's, like, an intellectual or whatever. Um, he meets this girl in this high school, and they, like hit it off become best friends and they start doing this like is it like a youtube show they start doing something yes
1: they have a youtube channel unfortunately
0: (laughs) where they're like i don't know and they do this thing where they dress up and go to dances as like characters from movies and stuff which is pretty cute to be honest um so yeah one day they decide to start dating for some reason well, we,
1: it's like her mom has cancer, and she's sad, and she's crying, and they and then <laughs> they start making out, and they're like, "This is a good idea," to be for
0: their children. So I suppose I can't blame them. Yeah. But yeah, they make out one time because she's sad about her mom being in the hospital, and so they start dating, um, and they don't have sex; they're just together, and she like tells his friends about it. And then he gets like really upset about it because it's like, why aren't you having sex with your girlfriend, what's wrong with you? (laughs) So then they go to a party and they meet a hot guy he meets a hot guy and like. he's doing quotes. <laughs> I'm doing in my notes. I put three air quotes beside "hot" because it's ridiculous. It's the guy from um, Caleb Gallo. If any of you guys. Have we seen will. It. We will be
1: talking about <laughs> Caleb Gallo, uh, but continue for now. Yes, the
0: love interest from Caleb Gallo plays the love interest in this. He's like a hot guy. Um, they meet at a party. They like have. A deep conversation or something um and then the next day the guy invites him on a date and they talk about like why he won't have sex with his girlfriend wait wait, the- wait wait
1: wait! i wanted to mention they met at a theater kid party
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yeah. yeah yeah they met at a theater kid party um and that's a nightmare but yeah anyway the next day um they go on a date to a concert and then the hawkeye asks him why he- you won't have sex with his girlfriend. He's like, I don't know. And then Laka's like, maybe you're gay. And he's like, haha. Anyway. He does not say that. That's what I heard. He's like, Um, no, uh,
1: there's one point where he's like, so uh, Alex knows that the other guy is gay, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, how did you know you're gay? And he's like, how did you know you're straight? And Alex is like, "Ah, (laughs) ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Anyway.
0: Yes. Um, And then he's like, this... Next scene is like the infamous serial scene
1: where he's like, well I think we're skipping something." I think I don't so, think we are. No, he, they go back. They're in like this his car, and they're having a moment, and then he sees his girlfriend, who I'm sure has a name. Um, <laughs> what is her name? Claire. She sees. He sees Claire on his porch. So they're like interrupted. So then he goes to talk to Claire, and then he like snaps at her, and he and he's yeah, he, like, "Why are you stalking her? me?" And she's like, "Wow," and she walks away, and he's angry. And then he,
0: the next day, is something. He's like eating breakfast and takes out boxes of cereal, and they turn into like sexualities, and then one of them is like heteros, and the other one is gay flakes and then he brings out a third box of cereal and it's like buy crunches or something and he's like oh i'm bisexual and so the next day he goes to school and he tells his friend i think i'm bisexual and his friend is like no you're not because you, you don't, don't listen to panic yeah. at the <laughs> disco and masturbate to pictures of vampires which is fair i think
1: yeah, listen. I've heard a lot of people saying that this movie does not understand bisexuality, but this is the most accurate.
0: That's the most accurate de- description of bisexuality that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So his friend is like, "No, you're not bi." Um, yeah, he goes on another date with hot guy. They hang out in his room for a while,
1: and we talk about his room. There's there's some notable decoration is there there is so there's a moonlight poster which is nice there's also an American flag for some reason because I guess American teens have American flags in their room it's very creepy um and also unfortunately a poster of Neil Patrick Harris as Hedwig
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so a lot going on there um so yeah they're hanging out in Hawkeye's room And he, like, sings a song for him or whatever. And they're, like, talking on his bed. And then Alex kisses him and then freaks out about it and leaves. And before he leaves, he's like, how dare you come on to me? (laughs) So, like, rids himself of any blame. But he's the one who kissed the Hawkeye, so he's being ridiculous. So, yeah, he leaves. And then he tries to have sex with his girlfriend. They had, like, booked this hotel and made, like, a huge deal of it. So yeah, he goes and tries to do that. It doesn't go well because like while they're having sex, he's like, this is so weird having sex with my friend. And she's like, I'm your girl. (laughs) We've been dating for
1: like four years. Well, first of all, he's like, it goes into like, it's not explicit, but it does go into detail about like what exactly is happening throughout the whole scene. And he's like not able to get hard until he, like, imagine... Imagine's Hot Guy shirtless. Yes. What's what's Hot Guy's name? I don't care.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you. Elliot. I don't... I genuinely don't think I knew that. Uh, I've seen this movie twice.
1: By the way, the name Elliot annoys me, because I never know how many L's and how many T's there are. Okay. Anyway,
0: he has to think about Elliot um, shirtless to get hired, but then he, like, ruins it by calling his girlfriend his best friend in the middle of sex um so
1: she do
0: they break up Sort after of, yeah
1: after that he's like I think we broke up uh mm-hmm. yeah and she's like what's wrong with you uh why can't you just have sex with me like normal person uh and to be fair she doesn't immediately say like you must be gay she's kind of like oh are you Like, are you nervous? Are you blah, blah, blah? And she's, she's, like, giving
0: him options for, like, what the problem could be. And she mentions, like, are you gay? And he, like, takes that and, like, blows up at her about it.
1: Yeah. And she doesn't even say, like, she's clearly not saying it seriously either.
0: Yeah. So they break up. Um, He spirals. He goes to another party and tries to have sex with some other girl. And it also goes badly Yes, because he he like can't get hard again. I think.
1: Yeah, he can. Issue? Yeah, uh, and then also <clears throat> Claire is stalking him uh, to see what's like. Not oh, stalking him because okay. So uh, w- when they were trying to have sex, he, al- he also after he blows up, he's like maybe I like someone else. Uh, oh yeah and then she's like who does he like so she starts following him uh and then she like walks into the room while he's trying and failing to have sex with this <laughs> other girl and then she's like what the fuck is going on and mm, then the other a girl fight. yeah the other girl had a boyfriend and he's like what are you doing with my girlfriend and he's like not much actually <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's like a fight and then something happens
0: i kind of stopped paying attention at this part but they like I don't know, talk about it. They is somehow this... decide to go to prom together as friends. Where,
1: so this is when, so there's, we haven't mentioned, but his friends who are really annoying have like their own little subplot <laughs> going on where they keep trying to get high with this exotic frog, frog that they can uh-huh. lick and get high from the venom. So anyway, he's like, he sees the frog and he's chasing the frog. And he ends up falling into a pool. And while he's in the pool, he recovers this traumatic memory from his childhood uh oh yeah. yeah of
0: him like in the school showers and the boys like laughing at him
1: yes uh because he like got hard in the showers and they were like oh like you're gay blah 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 whatever <laughs> and he's like upset anyway and then he like wakes up from this memory and claire is there and he's like hey what's up i'm gay and then she's like oh okay um, <laughs> anyway they do go to prom together
0: Yes, as friends. And Claire surprises him by inviting Hawkeye to prom. He shows up in a white suit, which I don't understand. He looked very bad. I don't think white suits have ever looked good, but people keep pretending they do.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan.
0: Anyways, Elliot shows up at the prom um, as, like, a present from Claire. And they, like, are dancing together. And Elliot, like goes in to kiss him i think and then he like starts like looking around at other people and he's like i don't know if i want to come out yet then he runs to the bathroom and they like have this thing where elliot's like i can't be with someone who isn't out so elliot's like about to leave and alex runs out of the bathroom and kisses him in front of everyone at prom and nobody cares obviously and that's it they have like a good prom the movie ends with like um claire and alex like making his coming out video on their youtube channel
1: (laughs) and then it it fades into all of these real coming out youtube videos which is weird because they're like they're
0: like actually real like some of them i've like a couple of them i saw like when they came out years ago and i i I
1: hate the ending um and i would just like to say the moral of this episode is do not do youtube not even once. don't do it <laughs> okay oh uh-huh. because elliot also elliot is not a youtuber but he mentions that he came out through a youtube video for no reason i think like kids
0: nowadays just have youtube channels it's like having like a twitter like people just have youtube channels now. i don't
1: think that's true i, I know I think teenagers it's... and none of them seem to have youtube channels i mean now
0: it would be tiktok pages but I think for a while it was YouTube TikTok
1: makes more sense to me I feel like it's a different form I say as if I've ever been on TikTok (laughs) Um, I feel like it's a different format and it doesn't invite the same level of like sincerity and like taking yourself seriously as YouTube Oh, absolutely yeah so I understand that more but I feel like if you make like a coming out YouTube video it's like who are you But yeah, that's the movie, so. Um, Yeah, so what did you think about this movie? I thought it was bad. Um, Why?
0: I can't even say exactly what about it I hated. I didn't hate it. I just didn't enjoy it. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was boring. And I also didn't care about the character because they weren't particularly likable.
1: Okay. Yeah. I will say one very important thing that you really glossed over and which hurt my feelings was that this Mm -hmm. movie really likes sea animals with tentacles specifically, (laughs) uh, which really resonated with me. It was the first time I saw myself represented in the media. Oh my god. And That's I would just, I would like to mention remember that person who was booed off of Twitter for saying octopuses are like existentially and epistemologically queer mm-hmm. that person was right, <laughs> and I think this movie is a prime example
0: no because this movie was also
1: wrong anyway, and he has he has the same he has a little like glass jellyfish thing, and I have two of those so. It really spoke to me, yeah. And I'm even, glad that you see yeah. yourself in the character yes.
0: of Alex true love. I'm happy for
1: you. And Elliot even mentions, like, he's like, octopuses are like one giant phallic symbol, which I think we should embrace. I think that's okay.
0: <laughs> the poor octopuses don't know. Leave them
1: alone. But yes, they do. They're very smart. They're def- They've watched this movie.
0: They haven't. The octopuses wouldn't like it.
1: If you're an octopus and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> what did she think? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, okay, anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I okay.
0: think it's weird how they, like, talked about bisexuality in this movie. Not, like, Alex's, like, storyline. Like, a lot of people do have the, like, I'm bisexual thing before they, like, finished their journey to realizing who they are that's fine but like his best friend was like he had this whole like biphobic speech like you can't be bi because of all these reasons and there are too many labels nowadays and everybody's something it was weird
1: yes um i i have a lot to say about this actually so do you want to get into that now or do you want to go into like the stupid things i have to say first and then come you back you can do
0: to- the stupid things first
1: okay uh i wanted to mention a couple of things to do with the like people who made this movie uh first of all craig johnson also wrote and directed the skeleton twins wait i like that movie what happened <laughs> So, I don't know, that's interesting, there's two different perspectives, I guess, yes. Um, I also, I found out on IMDb, and this will interest you, Casey, that, let me read it to you, Um, Daniel Doheny, who plays Alex, and Antonio Marziale, who plays Elliot, previously appeared in an episode of Supernatural (laughs) together. (laughs) Why would
0: you say this? It interests me as as if I'm the only one here who has seen supernatural. I
1: I have not. I've. I have not seen this episode of supernatural. I don't think I've seen it
0: either. Or it was before I knew who they were.
1: I did. I did some investigating, and the episode is "The Memory Remains," which is season 12, episode 18. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I might watch it now. If we did watch that, maybe we could say, like, what what that adds to this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, Missed opportunity. Yes. Okay, let's talk about The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you somehow have not watched this web series, pause the podcast, go watch it. It will change your life. Immediately. And then come back.
0: It's incredible, truly.
1: Yes. So... I truly truly believe The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo is like the definitive gay millennial American text. (laughs) I believe it will be studied by scholars in decades and centuries to come to understand Uh society. I I have seen it 10,000 times. (laughs) Every time I get something new out of it, it's profound. (laughs) It really is. Yes. So by by using the same actor, they were clearly nodding to that tradition and trying uh-huh. to trying to posit themselves within the same canon. Okay. Yes.
0: Or it's just that they're like three gay actors. But no. sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another very important person I wanted to talk about is Joanna Adler, who plays Alex's mom in this movie. And as soon as I saw her, when I was rewatching this, I was like, I know that woman, where is she from? And upon investigation, would you like to guess where she's from? <laughs> okay, She plays Andrew Cannan's mother in American Crime Story, The Assassination of the Anniversary. <laughs> oh Reception. my god! And I think she has the exact same energy in this movie. <laughs> which is fascinating. In both of them, she is a mother, and she's like, I care about you, son, but also I'm kind of confused. And she has this underlying sadness to her. Mm -hmm. And in both of them, she's like, I love my son, but I don't really understand him. And also my son is gay, but she doesn't seem to know that or want to know that. And also one of them is a serial killer. (laughs) So... Yeah, I feel like she is spiritually playing the same character in both movies. Uh, I guess the other—it's one it's not a movie, but I consider it a movie. Vixen and pretentious. Also, they came out—they came out the same year, so clearly she was just in the same emotional space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. If you say so. Shit. I, uh,
1: I am now obsessed with this woman. Please come onto the <laughs> podcast. I would like to interview you. So, I don't know, maybe that's another hint that all gay people are psychopaths. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, there was a line in this where uh, Elliot's friend from the theater kids party is like, I wish he was Polly or something. And then Alex is like, What's Polly? And she's like, It's this new thing kids at our school are experimenting with. And then Polyamory. she doesn't explain it she just says the long version of it but anyway this really resonated with me because my granny just found out about (laughs) (laughs) and they both seem to think it's the same as being bisexual which is interesting that's nice yeah interesting yes so parallels from my own life
0: (laughs) i didn't know this movie resonated with you so much maybe now i understand why you refuse to admit that it's terrible
1: Uh, Okay, let's talk about the allegations of biphobia, which I think are not unfounded, but are somewhat exaggerated. So what I would like to say is I feel like a big part of the problem is to do with marketing. So... From my understanding, like a lot of the stuff that is said about bisexuality in this movie was like included in the trailer and how it was, so people were led to believe it was about him being bi. So I understand why then they would be disappointed that he was not. But I feel like the movie itself, considered on its own, makes it very clear from the beginning, I would argue that that's not what this is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, yeah, I would also say that it's more a problem with media in general. Like, I understand why you're frustrated that there are no good bi men in media in general, and therefore why you would take it up with this movie, even though I don't really (laughs) think it's fair, because this is just one movie. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that
0: the movie is biphobic. I'm saying his best friend had, like, a biphobic Mm -hmm.
1: moment. Oh, absolutely. No, and let's, let's go into that. So... Yeah, so this is, I'm not really responding to you here. I'm more responding to the general conversation that I have seen online. Uh, As a side note, I saw some people in like YouTube comments insisting that he should have been asexual instead, which like, I feel like some of you guys just don't want him to be gay (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yes, yes, so I'm more addressing that. Um, So, some of the critique that i have seen from people saying this is they seem to like miss the point of the particular like brand of biphobia that we see the people around alex like doing like it's kind of and this is true about conversations about biphobia in certain circles in general like the part where he's telling alex that he can't be bi he's very much not telling him like you're not bi you're just gay he's telling him to be straight like he's mm-hmm. by phobia and homophobia are good friends like it's not <laughs> it's yeah. not just by a razor that is going on here and it's a bit silly to pretend that that's all it is mm-hmm. yeah and the same goes for Uh, i'm trying to segue into picking a fight with a youtuber maybe i should just start with that now so yes you will be delighted. before you do that
0: before you do i just want to say that that speech especially hurt me because i always really identify with the like quirky best friend character um so (laughs) i was hurt i was hurt personally which is why i was very Um, upset about it
1: Actually, before I pick a fight with the YouTuber, I will say that I actually think they did a very good job of establishing, like, how how much like casual homophobia and biphobia which in this case are very much the same thing I think are ingrained into society and how like he experiences it from his friends in this casual way but then I think they kind of forgot about it towards the end of the movie and like really didn't wrap it up at all like his friend is suddenly just okay with him being gay and it's not explored but I think that is realistic in some way because I think a lot of people who like Don't
0: consider themselves homophobic and like would be fine with like being friends with gay people, still do like hold, they're still fine with Mm. casual homophobia.
1: Oh, definitely. But I just feel like there should be a scene where that is like established. Disgust. Yeah, Yeah. disgust, something. So a bit clumsy in that way. But in general, I think it does a very good job of it and like showing how even though we live in this progressive society, supposedly, (laughs) according to Claire, whose cousin who is just 12 came out, how there is very much this pressure all around him that is encouraging him to be straight. Anyway, let's move on to me picking a fight with a YouTuber which will address some more of these things. Um, There's also some casual goth-phobia in it. Yes, thank you for addressing (laughs) the important issues. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this movie is by some person. uh, The channel's name is Bisexual Real Talk. So in this review, this person said some things that I found quite troubling. So first of all, he believes that the movie wants us to, like leads us to believe that Alex is really attracted to Claire because of the scene where there's like heart emojis all, all around his face when he meets him and he also following this says like how do you know if you're bisexual if you get a dopamine rush from being around people of different genders you are bisexual. I feel like this guy doesn't like know what friends are, doesn't know like <laughs> that you can like have pleasant feelings about people for reasons that are not being attracted to them but anyway what what do you think do you think it does lead us to believe that he's attracted to Claire no I think it very explicitly states that he's not
0: attracted to Claire and they keep talking about how they're not having sex
1: yeah uh, and I think the like the the heart emoji scene makes perfect sense, like he is feeling some strong emotions for her. He is like, yeah. "This is a cool girl that I want to be around," and in that moment, he probably does confuse that for attraction. This is a pretty common experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fascinating claim he makes is that Alex at one point wears a shirt with blue and pink stripes, which means that he is by. <laughs> uh, okay yes i don't
0: think that's true but uh, <laughs> i guess you can make that point
1: he also says that these colors are hard to find in a shirt like that which i've definitely seen like grandparents in my hometown wear that exact same shirt so i don't know what she's mm. talking about and they and they probably weren't all by um, <laughs> probably okay now, let's go on to what he says about the scene where Alex's trauma is unveiled. Uh, first of all, he complains that important stuff about the character is withheld until late into the movie, which makes me believe he has never seen movies before, because this <laughs> is a pretty normal thing yeah. that happens. Yeah you get to know the people gradually and this is like specifically this is something that he himself has withheld and is now like remembering it's resurfacing it -hmm. makes sense please watch more movies um also, his reading of this scene is that the movie is saying he had an erection in the shower, therefore he must be gay, which I feel like is purposefully misreading the scene. Like that is definitely yeah. the way that is definitely the way the guys around him reacted because they are homophobic, not because yeah. like, they hate bi people specifically and want to <laughs> be gay. Um, but the 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 scene is clearly about like all the things that have forced him to. Repress his attraction to men Not about how he is gay because he's attracted to men We already know he's attracted to men by this point in the movie So yeah, whatever Um, Anyway, he then says that this movie Argues that being gay is is being attracted to multiple genders Which again, the movie is very much about how he's not attracted to women I don't know what movie you watched, dude Uh,
0: Dear YouTubers, please <laughs> watch more movies. I've never, like YouTubers for some reason are terrible at understanding what, what movies are and how they work and knowing anything about them.
1: Yes. Uh, anyway, and then finally, and this is my favorite part of this video. So this this movie was written by a gay man who has said that it is like semi-autobiographical in, in real life in his life it didn't happen so quickly but he did for a while identify as bisexual and then figure out he was gay same thing happened to me and a lot of people anyway this guy this youtuber claims that this gay man is actually bi and confused which i found (laughs) somewhat ironic (laughs) to be honest Uh uh-huh okay
0: i've never heard that before I remember yeah. the like you think you're gay but you're confused you're actually bi. That's I mean
1: it's a hot take I'll give you that. So if you had a girlfriend as a teenager or if like potentially if you have female friends,
0: <laughs> if you've ever
1: seen a woman and, and felt then some you're sort bisexual, of yeah if you have felt some sort of happiness around a woman bisexuality nice. there you go we've learned something today. <laughs> um I wanted to mention so a recurring theme in this will be the relationship between gay men and straight women Um, and I have here a quote from someone called David Opie who wrote uh, like a review for Into More where uh, it says, too often the girls who young gay men initially strike up friendship with are subsequently discarded or at the very or at the very least find their role diminished if they even appear on screen uh how do you think this movie handled claire do you think she was fleshed out well and shown in like a sympathetic way um she was until we found out that alex
0: is gay and then she was turned into this like nurturing like motherly role Mm -hmm. when she like brings elliot to the prom and like gives him to Alex it's like very I don't know it's very weird she turns into this like mothering character which I didn't love because she's like I guess the movie was trying to say that she's okay with it and she supports him but it's like it was very weird how they handled it and we just never find out like what happens to her like she doesn't get another love interest of her own or anything it's just like oh yeah and Claire's fine with it the end
1: yeah I agree i I thought that was very clumsy and not great uh yeah so finally, I wanted to talk about compulsory heterosexuality dun, dun, uh, dun. <laughs> <what's> you, <laughs> What is your understanding of compulsory heterosexuality um my understanding of it is the the attachments
0: that queer people have to being attracted to the opposite gender or like someone of a different gender and like their refusal to like let go of that idea of attraction even when they're like discovering their attraction to other genders
1: so i would say that that's more a symptom of compulsory heterosexuality rather than it itself uh so is it Okay. <laughs> I don't want to posit myself as like an expert here because I don't, I'm not. Um, but anyway, so according to Adrienne Rich, who disclaimer is a trans misog- was a trans misogynist, blah, 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 we know we can still engage with her work. Anyway, according to <laughs> her, uh, she She describes it, uh, she describes heterosexuality as an institution that is enforced uh, through different ways, both like material and emotional. So the material ways would be that like economically, for example, women traditionally have not been able to support themselves on their own and therefore like have to get married to men in order to live. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even nowadays, you could argue that the wage gap is another example of this because the, like, women's wages are meant to supplement a man's rather than stand on their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also, like, more emotionally, or she refers to it as false consciousness, like the way women are just, like, taught through fairy tales, pop culture, that heterosexuality is the norm and that they will have to marry men, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So... It is not something that just affects queer people. It affects everyone. I have mostly talked about women in my descrip- in my description because that is who she talks about, uh, because she is interested in how it affects women, uh, and also in her definition of compulsory he- heterosexuality is it is very much. Uh, It goes hand-in-hand with the oppression of women. Women are taught to think of men as higher than themselves and therefore their whole lives must revolve around men. But I was very interested, and this is going to sound annoying because I don't want to be like, why don't we talk about men more? (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested in how compulsory heterosexuality is experienced by men and how it differs from women's experience. Do you you have any theories before I tell you mine? Um, No, I don't
0: think about men that often.
1: That's valid. Uh (laughs) I unfortunately have to. (laughs) So, my gut instinct is uh, based on what she talks about, how women are very much taught to think of men as higher than them, this obviously is not present in the same way for men like they are t- or we are i guess but then uh i feel like i'm very much talking about cis people here because then if we talk about trans people it gets more complicated anyway mm-hmm. there is uh there is an assumption that men will go on to marry women but there's no like your life will revolve around women you must put women before you all the time it's not the same experience at all i think i've talked about it recently i
0: think it's more of a like a status symbol for men rather than a mm-hmm. like thing to aspire to i think like having a wife and having a family is like a sign to other cis men that you are successful in being a man and you're like mm-hmm. successful at life and stuff
1: yeah definitely like an accessory yeah yeah so in terms of gay men specifically and kind of going into what we just touched upon i feel like even though obviously this does hurt gay men there is also um, a tendency to hurt the women that they might be in relationship with uh, by treating them as a means to an end or Mm -hmm. using them in some way Um, So I think Alex Strangelove is an example of this because we see a gay man navigating compulsory heterosexuality and one of the things he is pressured to do is like sleep with women to show off to men that he is sleeping with women, like use Mm -hmm. women in this way and not think about their emotions. Yeah. Uh, And this I think maybe is not as obvious with Claire all the time because the movie does try to show her being a human being but for example think about the woman in the party that he tries to sleep with I don't think he's treating her as a human being I think she's very much like an object a sex toy so that then he can be like look I can have straight sex
0: yeah Uh, yeah. which is interesting because like cis men also do that It's not for the same reason, but it's the Hmm. same exact behavior, which Mm -hmm. is weird.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, it's the same thing. It's compulsory heterosexuality. Just, they might have a slightly different relationship to it because it might not cause them as much like conflict or whatever. Uh, But yeah, it's the same thing. And then related to this, I wanted to mention this quote that I put in the chat. Would you like to read it for our listeners?
0: Did I do a voice or am I just reading it? You can That's do a voice so if you long. Want.
1: I think you've seen this tweet, uh, this, sorry, this quote. It's, it was around on Twitter for a while. Yeah, go on.
0: Oh, yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> to say that straight men are heterosexual is only to say that they engage in sex fucking exclusively with the other sex, i.e. women, all or almost all of that which pertains to love most straight men reserve exclusively for other men the people whom they admire respect adore revere honor whom they imitate idolize and form profound attachments to who they are willing to teach and from whom they're willing to learn and whose respect admiration recognition honor reverence and love they desire those are overwhelmingly other men in their relations with women what passes for respect is kindness generosity or paternalism what passes for honor is removal to the pedestal from women they want devotion service sex heterosexual male culture is homoerotic it is man-loving
1: Boom, anyway. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know, just to wrap up everything we have been saying, this is from Marilyn Fry from The Politics of Reality. Um, anything to add? No, I love that quote though. Yeah, it's good. I think it explains a lot. I've
0: seen like that idea talked about a lot, especially recently. Um, I saw another tweet. I can't remember who it was. It was just like randomly one day on Twitter, but someone was talking about how men often talk about how anything that a woman does is for male attention because everything that cis Mm -hmm. men do is for male attention so they can't imagine someone else living in a different way that they do
1: Mm -hmm. which
0: I thought was interesting
1: yeah yeah so yeah I like strange love very um, insightful commentary on (laughs) men (laughs) okay Anything else to add before we move on to GBF? Do you know why it's called,
0: his name is Alex Chula, but it's called Alex Changelove. If anyone knows, do let us know.
1: So, okay, so there's the movie, uh, Dr. Strange Love, blah, 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 the Sandra Kubik movie. So I feel like they're partly alluding to that, even though they have nothing in common. It's just like, look, a movie name. And I think also partly it's like true love, the fairy tale idea of true love like represents heterosexuality, like the correct type of love. And then strange uh, love, queer love, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're just making that up, but sure. Okay. Uh, Yes. So, I don't know. Check it out if you want. It's on Netflix. You don't have to. It's okay (laughs) if you don't. (laughs) Um, And finally, octopuses and jellyfish are, in fact, queer. But, okay, let's go on to GBF. GBF is a movie from 2013. It is directed by Darren Stein and written by George Northey. What is it about?
0: So, GBF. You're going to have to look up character names because I don't remember any of them. The main character's name is Tanner.
1: That is correct.
0: (laughs) But, yes, it's about this high school and basically the hot new trend is having a gay best friend. So, like, all the popular... Like, not even just all the popular girls. Every girl in this high school wants a gay best friend. There's this guy, Tanner, who's gay and he has this
1: best friend who is gay and like their other friend group. Um, Sorry, just to interrupt you. His friend's name is Brent Van Camp. Wow. Which is amazing.
0: Subtle. (laughs) Yes, his friend, best friend Brent, and then their like group of friends. Him and Brent are both gay. Brent is, as you can tell by his name, very um, fabulous I would say. (laughs) And so he, like, wants to come out and wants to be, like, part of the popular crowd by being these, like, girls, you know, Mm -hmm. GBF, basically. Should you
1: Um, introduce who the main popular girls are? Okay, what are their names? Okay, (laughs) so, um, the one who is Allison from Pretty Little Liars is Fawcett. (laughs) Fawcett, yeah. Yes the the mormon is Schley,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the theater kid is caprice so
0: they're like the three most popular
1: high school girls they
0: all have their own their own little cliques um they're all like constantly in competition with each other it's very weird <laughs>
1: unclear why theater kids are popular in this universe it doesn't make any sense
0: also why mormons would be popular no that doesn't make sense to me um yeah brent wants to come out tanner doesn't but brent convinces tanner to download like the movie equivalent of grinder on to his like new phone um so they do that and then the next day um one of their friends hears the other girls in the girls bathroom talking about how so yeah,
1: these are we have to introduce the new the, okay so there's also a gay straight alliance in this school um featuring no gay people there's one guy with <laughs> lesbian moms and there's natasha leone and mm-hmm. there are a bunch of girls who are obsessed with gay men yeah anyway so some of these girls natasha
0: like, leone yeah. plays this like very sweet teacher it was like, I,
1: i'm obsessed with her i want to be her gay best friend <laughs> call yes. me let's hang out anyway uh yes so one of one of the girls is like we need to we need to find a gay person and trap them so we can keep mm. so we can continue our club
0: yeah so they like download grinder and like make accounts to catfish people and yeah so anyway the girl who's in the bathroom hearing all this, ta- Tanner's friend, oh, like, um, tries to call him. I
1: what's, don't her know name, what's her name? What's her name? Sophie.
0: So Sophie is in the bathroom. She hears about these other girls' plan to track down gay teenagers at school. And so she tries to call Tan- her t- Tanner to warn him um, that wh- as his phone is ringing from her call, he's in class and his phone gets taken off him by the teacher. And so the girls um, track the phone to the teacher's desk, and at first they suspect the teacher, which is very funny. Um, but they f- like they find out that like Tanner admits that it's his phone, and so they have found the like gay hidden gay in their high school. Um, and so the three popular girls decide to take tanner under the ring oh before this tanner and brett like brent like have a huge fight because brent is the one who wanted to come out but then tanner was like outed and so he's upset that brent didn't like come out with him because mm-hmm. brent was like it would be like i'm copying you which is a stupid excuse but sure um and then tanner like outs him to his mom which sucks that he is a child and he was upset but
1: yes and also i guess for context we've met we've met Brent's mom before and like Tanner's point is that, oh, she already knew, which she obviously did. But yeah, anyway, and she's like, we'll talk about her more in a second, but she's very (laughs) enthusiastic.
0: Enthusiastic and supportive. She's nice. Um, So yes, Brent and Tanner have this big fight. And so Tanner is like taken under the wing of the three popular girls. They do a makeover montage, which I love. I think they should bring makeover montages back to movies because they're the best part of any movie. So yeah, they like make him part of their little clique.
1: And then it's very like Mean Girls. It's like he's being corrupted by the popularity and his
0: loser yeah. friends
1: are like, how could he you? He
0: his loser friends because he's popular now and he like starts dressing like them and stuff. Um, there's also a prom in this one. Yeah,
1: yeah. so there's a prom, and the thing about the three girls is that they are, they each want to be prom queen. And mm-hmm. Tanner is now, like, predicted to be the prom king for this year, so his endorsement will decide who the prom queen is. So they're all fighting for his attention. Uh, then Luna Lovegood is in this. Um, what's, she plays a
0: homophobe.
1: Yes. Um... Mackenzie, uh, who is not a Mormon, I realized on a a rewatch. Yeah, she's she's Christian. She's another type of Christian, and she doesn't like Mormons either because polygamy, Uh, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, that's what that line was about. Yeah, yeah. So then then she's like, this is disgusting and I won't allow it, and so then, okay, so the (laughs) theater kid, Caprice, is like, um, There's this quote-unquote hot British guy (laughs) that I want to set you up with, and you can go to prom with him, and then he goes to try to buy a prom ticket, and then Luna Lovegood is like, no, I can't allow- No, allowed
0: at this prom.
1: Yeah, and then he's like, and then they start a counter prom with uh, Fawcett, blah, blah, blah. Anyway- somehow yeah, like an old prom yeah so then it turns into like a war between the christian prom and the gay prom and brent somehow because he's angry at tanner and becomes involved with the christian prom
0: yeah he like joins yeah. forces with caprice who for some reason is involved in the christian prom which i don't know i don't remember how that happened yeah, do
1: they explain that what is i think her- she was
0: just upset with faucet so she was like oh i'll i'll um go for the prom that faucet isn't running could be so yeah yeah out.
1: anyway and there so it's them it's the the other christian girl and it's the the two mormons we haven't mentioned the mormon boyfriend because um, <laughs> i don't want to i hate him <laughs> so the, the, actually the mormon girl has a mormon boyfriend called tofer Uh, who we find out is closeted, and first he hits on Tanner, and then later when he's working on the Christian prom, he hits on Brent. Brent. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they're all doing their prom, and then Tanner and Fawcett are doing their prom, and
0: then the Christian prom gets canceled, canceled because the Christian prom is like this, like the official school one. Yeah. Um, and, and like they all decide to start putting up like super homophobic posters to like advertise the prom. Oh, do, you remember, do you remember
1: any of them? There was, there was a lot of thought put into these slogans. Um, what were they? There was an AIDS
0: one. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's like promenade, not promenades. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: yes. Very creative. So wild stuff happening. So because of these posters, the uh, Christian prom gets canceled by the school. Mm-hmm. So they all, um, I mean, not all of them, the, like, the, mackenzie decides to protest the alt prom since that's the only one that's happening now
1: i want to mention here she does this like leviticus whatever verse face paint she has like lev and then the number (laughs) on the other cheek Yes, i love it amazing (laughs) um but uh
0: caprice and brent just decide to they decide to go to the alt prom that faucet is trying but their plan is to like dump a bucket of glitter on her when she went like inevitably wins prom queen which is supposed to be a bad thing i don't it's like they talk about it as if glitter is like somehow damaging <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so their love- big plan is to throw glitter yeah. on her yes um so yeah they go to prom i don't know if stuff happens the english guy is also there but oh, yeah. him and tan are like break up because Tanner isn't ready to have
1: sex with him. They
0: were never together but
1: yeah. They were for like a minute. <laughs> anyway so then he's like listen I'm not I'm not interested and I'm gonna go and then he. So the, all the Christians gradually abandon the picket line except for Mackenzie so they all like join the normal. Yeah
0: the plot. first one to leave is Topher because he wants to go have sex with the British guy. Yes
1: and then he does and then it is implied that the British guy is so hot that he's gonna come out now. <laughs> <laughs> which he isn't he but really yeah. is not he's not um,
0: yeah Tanner and Fawcett win uh, prom king and queen at mm-hmm. this alternate prom and Tanner does this speech about what he's learned and his feelings and he talks about how he's a person and he wants to He wants to be a friend and get married instead of being a gay best friend and getting gay married. And he's like, maybe you guys should treat me like a person instead of an accessory or something.
1: And then, Um, and this is also all an homage to Brent because Brent is obsessed with Lindsay Lohan, and he specifically requests, like, if you win, can you go all Lindsay Lohan and make a speech about what you learned? So then Brent is like, mm -hmm. Ma, I don't want to throw glitter on him, but then he accidentally does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: him and Caprice are about to hug, and she like lets go of the string that is holding the bucket of glitter, and then it like starts falling, and Brent bravely pushes tanner and faucet out of the way and the bucket of glitter falls on him instead and then he comes out i guess they don't show it but it's we're told that he just <laughs>
1: Um, um. Yes. Oh, we totally skipped over the thing between Brent and Tanner. So uh,
0: yeah, one time Tanner was coming back from a party and he was drunk, and Brent was outside of his because, house. Because wait, 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 wait wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Oh is, yeah. <laughs> yes. So while they are apart, and after Brent has been outed to his mom, his mom decides to have a movie marathon, and mm-hmm. they watch Brokeback Mountain together. Uh, and she's very, she's very happy for Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then Brent is like, I can't do this anymore. So he leaves and he gets drunk and then they run into each other. Does
0: he actually get drunk? I thought he was lying the whole time.
1: Oh, uh, well, that didn't occur to me. That's very weird. But I guess he could be lying. I don't think he was drinking. Why
0: not? he. No, he for sure was lying about being drunk okay if you say so or maybe he's just a bad actor they all kind of are anyway (laughs) so yeah tana comes home from this party and brent is sitting out on the curb outside his house and they like kiss for some reason because they're both like kind of sad but they want to like be friends again or something and then at the prom they decide that they would actually be better as friends and they shouldn't be boyfriends Mm -hmm. and that's it
1: yes Oh, and then at some point, Brent comes out to his parents, well, his dad and his stepmom, who are Republicans, and he also mentions that Abraham Lincoln was gay and a Republican. <laughs> um, anyway, and then this also has a biphobic moment, which I think is probably worse than Alex Strangelove's. I don't know. Uh, because it was just very unnecessary. What happened? I do you don't not remember? remember? Uh, they were like. I probably do. Yeah, uh, his dad was like, Oh, we know you're gay. It's like very obvious. And he's like, Oh, actually, I could be bi. And he was like, Wahaha, bi, as if.
0: Yeah, that is worse, but I also find it funny. So. It, it, it was really
1: funny. <laughs> but I, I feel like objectively it's worse because it serves no purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they were just being mean for no reason. <laughs> Okay. So. So oh,
0: I also wanted to mention that Natasha Leone has a cat named Anderson Cooper. Who and is adorable. gay? She is a gay cat. I guess the cat is implied to be gay. He's wearing a little tie in the picture that she shows. It's very
1: cute. See, I really think fictional Nat- Natasha Leone and me could be good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. And then, oh, the Mormon girl Schley gets together with Tanner and Brent's friend who we have not mentioned because he's not really (laughs) he's not really relevant he's only there so people can be racist to him basically like that's his whole role and then it ends on another racist joke
0: it's so it's mad
1: yeah and what else oh yeah so their friend their friend Sophie is like smarter than all of them and she writes an analysis about high school kids and identity and whatever and yeah and i don't know that's basically it um okay thoughts
0: um it was really bad um the acting was bad the plot was also bad um, nothing really interesting happened. For some reason, I've seen this movie three times. I don't know why. I've seen it, like, a lot. Okay. But I don't enjoy it any time I watch it.
1: So, let me tell you about my history with this movie. Okay. I watched this movie as a teenager uh, when I was, like, I don't know, 16. It had recently occurred to me that I could look for gay movies and watch them, so I was watching all of them. And mm. I watched many... Mediocre and bad movies Uh, And this one Sticks out to me (laughs) Why? I guess because I was a teenager And they were teenagers And it was familiar to me I'd seen teen movies, I'd seen Mean Girls So it was something I understood Mm -hmm. And I don't know I was fascinated by whether or not it was bad (laughs) (laughs) It (laughs) was And I think I also Saw part, part of myself in it okay as natasha leone's cat obviously (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh yeah so that's my history with this movie so it was quite formative um that's nice for you maybe it shouldn't have been
0: (laughs) 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 i don't think either of these should be formative movies i don't think they should have an impact on anyone's like journey in any way
1: Yeah. Okay, to be clear, I did also watch like a lot of good gay movies at the time. (laughs) Uh Yes. Uh, Okay, so some thoughts. I think it is very interesting that both this and Alex Strangelove feature an attic bedroom with lots of posters on it. What what does that tell us? (laughs)
0: Like, gay people like to live in attics? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I would like an attic bedroom. This is I think true.
0: everyone would like an attic bedroom.
1: Yeah. Although, I was thinking about this, and I was like, you do have lots of poster space, and, like, space to do interesting things with the walls, but then books are kind of awkward. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, oh, and in this one, he has a Heather's poster, which I guess is putting them in this, like, teen movie cano- canon. And also, Heather's yeah. is, like, a satire. This is... Supposedly a satire, is it? Yeah, no, I think it. I think it is. I I do see where they are coming from. I think they are very much satirizing the gay best friend trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I've seen people on the internet who appear to be confused by what this means, uh, and are like, "Satire isn't a, isn't an excuse for being offensive," which is true. But what they don't seem to realize is that this movie can be both satire and offensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just did satire badly. Yeah, but also, <laughs> especially especially with regards to like some of the racist jokes that we mentioned, that that's not actually what they're satirizing. So whether or not it's satire is kind of completely irrelevant mm-hmm. to that so I don't those two things can coexist okay uh so (laughs) let's do we have any any, anything stupid to say before we go into analysis no I don't think so Mm -hmm. oh I
0: Mm -hmm. headcanon Fawcett as a lesbian I -hmm. think she's gay um it just seems like that would make sense to me
1: Okay. I want to say that the part where she's like I may be a cheerleader, but I'm also a scientist. <laughs> it's very <laughs> funny. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, she
0: like she's like into chemistry and she like creates her own like shampoo and conditioner.
1: Yeah. Also, listen, cute. this is this is not an insult to her. Her hair is not bad, but I do feel like they were kind of exaggerating how good her hair was throughout this whole thing. They were like yeah. it's amazing and it's like it's fine. It's, it's just hair. Yeah. Um what else what else? Yes. Uh they get their movies from Webflix. Mhm. And oh, one thing to note is they have one Glee reference, a full hour in, which was surprising to me. I really expected more. <laughs> what was the Glee reference? Um, I can't even remember. Caprice makes some joke about like something you see in a very special episode of Glee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess she, she watches Glee because she's a theater kid. Of course. Yeah. Oh, there's a line that I wrote down because I just really liked it uh, where it's deviant dance of debauchery. <laughs> Yeah, great line. And I did want to mention, I feel like with both this and Alex Strangelove, I like them less the more sincere they're trying to be. Yeah,
0: especially his like ending, like, um, speech at prom. It was like,
1: okay. I'm just a person. I'm yeah. like everybody else. Yeah, annoying. Shut up. Uh, okay. Oh, another thing about the dialogue, I
0: feel like they were going for a like, you know, in these like high school movies, the kind of way they talk that like high schoolers don't actually talk like that. It's like an exaggerated like mm-hmm. slang and stuff, like Jennifer's body. Yeah. But it just like they did such a bad job. I don't know. It just fell flat in some way. Like the yeah. things they were saying were just stupid. Yeah. It's like it's Jennifer's body is
1: like cool, but mm-hmm. the dialogue was not great. Mm -hmm. And in general, I don't know, some people take issue with that whole tradition in general, I I am for it, I think it's fun, I think we should should exaggerate the way people talk in general, because people generally don't talk in very interesting ways. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know, I didn't do that great a job of it. Uh, Before I tell you anything else, uh, before we go into like analysis, let me tell you some things I discovered from INDV. Um, this might not be true because this is just stuff people add to IMDb, but anyway. In the original script, Caprice and Sophie had a secret relationship, but this was excised to focus more on the conflict between Caprice and Fawcett. Thoughts?
0: Um, weird. I suppose that makes sense because we don't really see Sophie do anything, Mm -hmm. it seems like. her part was cut a little bit they
1: also really like they really build up her ambiguous sexuality and they yeah and it it doesn't get resolved which is Mm -hmm. fine but i don't know i felt like that was going somewhere maybe and i feel like i feel like they also really don't know what to do with caprice um yeah and i don't like that we're supposed to like uh faucet more than caprice because because they're trying to like They were trying to make
0: fun of the whole like sassy black friend thing, Mm -hmm. but they were also doing it by not giving her any other personality. So it was like, or any other like storyline. Yeah,
1: definitely. And also just like, I feel like that's where my sympathies naturally went. And then they were like, but she makes her own shampoo. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know um okay in the original script the film was going to end with two proms and everyone from the traditional prom would leave in mass to join the alterna prom also the alterna prom was going to take place at a roller rink thoughts okay
0: i mean i like roller rinks so that would have been cool but the Uh, way it happened wasn't
1: better i don't know i mean i guess if if it didn't happen this way they couldn't have put in the line about natasha leone and her cat so Okay, and um, so let's talk about what this movie is satirizing. Tell me about the gay best friend trope. Explain it to me like I don't know it. <laughs> um, a gay best friend
0: is um, a straight girl's gay friend that like tells her she's fierce and talks about fashion and clothes and boys with her um and is there to kind of be like I don't some kind of accessory I don't know it's weird cool thanks yeah
1: I understand it now (laughs) (laughs) so um to talk about the gay best friend trope I think we have to talk about the movie my best friend's wedding have you seen this movie I maybe it's with Julia Roberts and she's like evil um (laughs) That's a lot of Julia Roberts movies. That's fair, (laughs) Um, but anyway, so Julia Roberts in this is friends with Rupert Everett. Is that his name? That English guy. But anyway, anybody. Well, he's in it, and he's (laughs) he's like the. He's not the first instance of a gay best friend. There, there had been other gay best friends in media before this, but I feel like he is very much like the er, GBF. Um, So during the course of this movie he like he's across the country but she calls him whenever she has a problem and she's like i have a problem you have to come here right now and she like and he travels across the country to help her out uh he pretends to like be her boyfriend at one point because she needed it for one of her schemes blah 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 Mm -hmm. at the very end so the whole movie is her trying to get this guy back that she thinks she's in love with who is marrying this other girl who's who's like way younger than him it's pretty creepy but anyway she's trying to get him back but she fails and then the movie ends with her like finding happiness in her gay best friend's arms which is cool for her but you're like what is he getting out of this (laughs) yeah because his friend is like evil and treats him as like not a person expects him to do everything she needs at any moment with no consideration for his feelings so i guess that's the prime example Uh, also I just hate that movie in general it's really long and weirdly paced and I don't I don't understand it I don't have a problem with Julia Roberts being evil within it per se but I didn't care about her character anyway um, yes so what does this movie do with the trope I mean nothing interesting I guess they
0: point out in one of the scenes they point out like that the gay best friend doesn't get anything out of it because tanner i think Tanner's talking to Fawcett, and she's like talking about like all the things that she needs from him and he's like oh what do i get out of it and she was like i'll help you with your chemistry homework because she just happens to be good at chemistry and i guess that's enough of uh like benefit for this relationship to continue <laughs>
1: Yeah it's never really like this tension is never really resolved. Um, yeah, the best we get is Tanner's speech where he's like I'm just a person. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah it is like the whole movie is like look we're aware of what we're doing they're just a sexist accessory whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's beneficial to someone who has never seen movies and doesn't know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, okay, I don't know. Let's talk a bit about the gay best friend trope. The first thing I want to say is that I don't want to talk about the gay best friend trope. <laughs> I feel like anybody who is still talking about it in 2021 is pretty out of touch.
0: Yeah, I don't think it r- we really see it anymore.
1: Yeah, I feel like we have kind well... of passed it to an extent. To an extent.
0: I think they like try to give them more of a personality now. Sure. At the very least.
1: I also I'm remembering uh, I don't know if you caught this out of the episode but in a freaky episode at one point I told you that the gay best on character in that is uh, a wish fulfillment from the gay like filmmakers. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there is an element of that um I feel like there is I don't know is there a, is there kind of a fantasy where you're like look I'm made to be popular I'm protected from all these like homophobic drugs. I'm. I get to have a cool makeover whatever is this perpetuated in some way by gay men wanting to live out this fantasy
0: um I mean I can see that it just seems like it seems like that, those are the kinds of feelings you would have in the moment like mm-hmm. being in high school and like by the age where you're like writing movies about it you should have developed those feelings a little bit
1: I guess my so point seems is, weird yeah, I guess my point is that I don't think people who write teenage movies have really addressed their teenage <laughs> issues
0: yeah there's still a lot of un, unaddressed th- trauma there but which,
1: anyway um, okay, I would like to, as I said when I was talking about Alex Strange I'm very interested in the relationships between gay men and straight women, so I would like to bring some nuance and empathy to this discu- discussion by thinking about why this trope might appeal to straight women, because I don't think it's just homophobia, I think it is partly mm-hmm. homophobia but not entirely. Um, any, any thoughts? Would you like to guess where I'm going with this? I mean, I suppose it's the, like, having a man in your life
0: that's, like, your age, that's in your peer group that you feel comfortable with.
1: Mm-hmm. Because they're not,
0: like, trying to sexualize you or get something from you. I suppose that's, like, appealing for straight women to just have a man yeah. that they know that, like, likes them for some other reason than wanting to have sex with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like some discussions of this trope tend to forget that and tend to not have enough empathy for the women who might feel this way and who might see straight men as a threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, as we mentioned in the Alex Strange section, there is also a tradition of gay men sort of treating women as accessories. So I think it's more complicated than we'd like to make it out to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Aside from that, I was thinking about why else they would be popular, and I guess it is, like, the gay best friend is basically asexual, so it's not, you don't have to see them being gay, and also, you only ever see, like, gay men in movies aimed at women, so there's not, like, there's not, if you had them in movies aimed at men, there would be more of a threat, I guess, or if you had lesbians in movies aimed at supposedly straight women. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this. I'm i I'm over it. <laughs> 2021. I don't care. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about Mormons. <laughs> what about them?
0: Shalee is a bad Mormon. They mention it in the movie because she, like, has sex and drinks one time by accident through no fault of her own. Yeah, that's but, not her yeah. fault.
1: Uh, but anyway, why are gay people obsessed with Mormons? That is a good question.
0: I don't know. Because it's not like they're any more repressed than any other type of Christian. So,
1: hmm, Is that true?
0: I mean, I don't know that much about Mormons. So I don't, you are also obsessed with Mormons. So I is am that true?
1: obsessed with Mormons. Uh, I feel like Mormons are perhaps the most aesthetically repressed okay even if they're not factually more repressed than other denominations they're just like it's such a clear like visual representation of repression um Mm -hmm. especially with the fucking underwear that they have to wear it's like this layer that you have to peel back emotionally
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh right
1: I, I think that could be appealing um hint hint for the next episode we will be talking about Mormonism <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the main guy, the actor whose name is Michael J. Willett what can you tell me about him? Um, oh he, is he the guy who's also in faking it? He was also in Faking It, and I found out that the person who wrote this movie also wrote for Faking It. Listeners, remember Faking It? Did anyone actually watch that apart from me? It left no impact.
0: Like nobody talked about it, I don't think. That's interesting. I wonder why.
1: Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So he was in this, he was in that. And then as far as I know from my investigations, by which I mean, I looked him up on Twitter and I saw what (laughs) he was tweeting about. He seems to have moved into music and away from acting. And Mm. while uh, like he's like an individual and it could be that he just decided that he wants to do that on his own. I also feel like the way he like appeared for a moment and then disappeared says something about the, the industry in general what do you think
0: i guess but it's not like the music industry is any better
1: well not even in terms of good or bad i just feel like that for a moment there is a demand for his particular brand and now yes. there is less of a demand i suppose that's true yeah i think related to this What was the thing with? Because I noticed in this movie, his character at one point at one point wears a bow tie, and I think these two things are related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was the bow tie tie era of
0: being gay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what was that? Whose idea was that?
0: (laughs) I think people were just trying to figure out what gay people in media look like, and so there was this era of I don't know bow ties and stuff very preppy aesthetically
1: yeah i don't know so i don't know i don't have any concluding (laughs) remarks on this i just think it's interesting uh what's his name uh michael if you have any thoughts contact us uh okay and then very importantly i wanted to mention that the mormon guy tofer was also in do you remember what movie Is it a Chapter 2? It is, in fact, It Chapter 2.
0: We can't talk about It Chapter 2. Actually, I think I cut it out of the last episode, so we can talk about It Chapter 2. Yes, we can. We
1: are talking about It Chapter 2 in this because I think it's very important. Um, Okay. Yes, so in It It, Chapter 2, he plays Xavier Dolan's boyfriend, (laughs) who gets beat up. And, Uh you know, in a way, is that the same character? Is that his future? (laughs) i don't know what i'm talking about
0: <laughs> i don't like him i think he's meant to be hot i disagree is he? At le- in in gbf he definitely is
1: i think he's just meant to look dumb and like be there no i think he's meant to be hot i don't know oh i guess i guess tanner implies that he's hot but tanner obviously yes. has bad taste because he also thought that <laughs> british guy was hot well so did everyone so, okay, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie. Concluding remarks?
0: You don't have to watch it. It really isn't adding anything to your life. I don't know why I've seen it three times. I think I watched it and then I forgot that I watched it. And for some reason, I thought I hadn't seen it, so I watched it again. And then I had to watch it for this.
1: It is so. very it's very off its time. So if you are interested in gay people circa like two thousand and nine, which is when Glee premiered, to two thousand and fourteen, <laughs> then uh-huh. you could you could check it out. I think it's it's a prime example of that cultural landscape. But, or
0: just watch Glee.
1: Or just watch Glee, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's moment certainly past. Mm-hmm. Um. Finally, I would like to say that the scene where What's-His-Name's mom watches Brokeback Mountain with him is, has been imprinted into my mind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I've, I haven't actually lived that, but I feel like spiritually I have had that experience. <laughs> nice. Yes. Should, can I talk about my experience with Brokeback Mountain? Sure, go ahead. So I watched Brokeback Mountain for the first time when I was about 12 in school, an ethics class, which is where they put kids that like don't didn't do religious class uh, because we were all heathens so they're like we have to teach these kids some morals so mm-hmm. they sh- but they also didn't want to work so they showed us movies about social issues uh so they showed us broco mountain i guess to teach us not to <laughs> kill gay people um but my straight classmates who were 12 like i was thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. so nice yes formative in a bad way do not recommend
0: (laughs) I don't know why you watch so many movies as a child that you should never have watched like it seems like why did that happen to you? That's so weird. I wasn't supervised very well. <laughs> but, like, there was you not being supervised, which is some other movies, and then you being forced to watch Brokeback Mountain in an ethics class.
1: Like, I don't know. Yeah. Why? They also, I remember they showed us Thelma and Louise, and then they, like, remembered there was a rape scene, so the next day we didn't watch it anymore, but we had already seen the rape scene. <laughs> God. So... What's the point of not watching it after that? That's the scene <laughs> that we're not supposed to see. <laughs> Amazing. I'm also not sure what we were supposed to learn from Thelma and Louise. Be yeah. gay, do crimes. Exactly. A good a good, a good lesson for children. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, in conclusion, what can we say about both of these movies?
0: I think at this point, they're irrelevant to any gay person's life, but if you I don't know, don't have anything to do one day and feel like being embarrassed you
1: can watch them (laughs) yes so if you like this podcast you should be very excited for our next episode which will be something very special that i think Mm -hmm. you will enjoy very much um it will feature mormons and also some other things does it Um, feature mormons spiritually okay (laughs) ideologically yeah okay. definitely so if you like this podcast and are thinking can i give these people my money i have good news <laughs> you absolutely can yes you can go to patreon.com slash salmon casey and you can become a patron you can give us one euro five euro or a hundred euros a month And you can gain access to exclusive content (laughs) like Q&As or our bi-weekly wrap-up episodes. Or nightly. Or uh, deleted scenes from the podcast, etc. You can also tell us what to make episodes about. Um, (laughs) If you would like to see our show notes or transcripts blah 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 you can go to our website salmoncaseysmovieclub.wordpress.com. if you have any complaints or death threats you can send those to samandcaseysmovieclub at gmail.com or to our twitter and curious cat if you want to do it anonymously salmon casey pod you can find me on twitter at cosmic jellies
0: and i'm on twitter at casey nosa
1: And finally, please rate and review us on iTunes. You don't have to be nice. You can insult us if you want. We would love that, actually. We'd prefer it. So (laughs) thank you for listening. And until next time. Bye. Bye.